Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again I am bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. Today on the show, it's a big one, everyone. Neil McLennan, a.k.a. Mackie from the band Epic Problem, and of course, Blitz is on the show, and he will be... Oh my gosh, it's a good one. More on that in a second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to DamienAbraham.com. There's an email address there. But more importantly, there's a tab at the top of the page that says Tour Taupe Live. Click on that, and you will have access to buy tickets for all the tour dates for the upcoming Turn Out of Punk Live Tour. I'm going to be coming to Alliston, Massachusetts on December the 12th and at the Great Scott, on December the 13th, Tuesday at the Black Cat in Washington, D.C., December the 14th, Wednesday at Johnny Brenda's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and December the 15th in Thursday, uh, on a Thursday in at Rough Trade in Brooklyn, New York. And all of those shows, you can buy tickets for them. Come on out if you're a fan of this podcast. I promise you. You will enjoy the live one. Uh, next week, I'm going to be doing a whole special Turned Out of Punk live uh, episode, and I'll have uh, some guest announcements next week, and we will go from there. And there'll be surprises and all sorts of other things. So go over there, buy tickets, come on out, experience this live. I'm going to have merch. Yep, merch for a podcast, 2016. Wonders never cease. Uh, so please, come on out there. All, if so, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on various forms of social media, at Left for Damien. You can find me over on Facebook.com, at Facebook.com slash Turned Out of Punk, I believe. You can also find all the same stuff that we post over on Facebook, on Tumblr, if you don't use Facebook, like myself. I, I Turned Out of Punk, it's run by my brother, Tristan Abraham, on Facebook. You can uh, get any messages to me through him. Um, but you know, I'm not actually on Facebook myself. So if you're like me and you want to see all this cool stuff that gets sent into us, uh, flyers, set lists, all sorts of things, we also post it over on Tumblr. So if you go to turnedoutapunk.tumblr.com, you will see it over there as well. Whew. I guess I got to bring up Bloodlust. Uh, if you haven't watched the documentary that I hosted and helped make, Bloodlust, Tournament of Death, that Vice has produced and put up, and and yet you got to watch it. It is mind-blowing on every level. Uh, It features last week's guest, Jeff Cannonball. It features uh, Masada. It features uh, Connor Clax. It features a, a range of amazing talent, but it mainly focuses on DJ Hyde and tells the story of this guy who puts on this Tournament of Death Every year, Deathmatch Wrestling Tournament. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, whew, remember, you can never come back to this point. Um, but that being said, please go watch it. Go over to YouTube. It's on vice.com. Um, check out Bloodlust. And uh, that, I guess that's it for the plug portion of the show today. On to today's show. Oh, oh actually, no. One more thing. I got to thank the great people from Rhodes Microphones for sending me some brand new mics. The Rhodes people have been amazing, uh, hooking me up with microphones. And in lieu of this big tour and everything like that, they've given me some uh, some new fancy ones. So if I sound a little bit better, you got them to thank. They're, they're the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm sounding this good right now. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so that but that is it for the plug portion of the show. On to today's show itself. Today on the show, 
It's an amazing one. I've got a guest on who, you know, we talk about a lot of this sort of stuff on the episode itself, but he's influenced so many people. And I think the thing that makes Mackie so interesting to me is the fact that he was not only unaware of all this stuff, but also just like walked away from this band at a certain point because he didn't like the direction that it was going. Um, this is a really cool podcast. I, I had so much fun meeting uh, Mackie and getting to talk to him. And he's someone that I got to meet because of this podcast, because he listened to this podcast, which is, wow, that's that's so, I don't know, so humbling to to kind of know that. That, you know, people out there that, you know, when Fucked Up started, we had songs like Blitz 1, Blitz 2, AF1, AF2, all that kind of stuff. So... You know, like they they were like the, you know, them, Agnostic Front, um, you know, that's the musical foundations of this band in the very beginning. So to get to sit down and talk to him and have him be just the, the most cool, down-to-earth person it was awesome. It was a great, 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 great tour highlight for me. That's a lot of greats, but that's what it was, a great tour highlight for me. Um, he also plays in a brand new band, or not brand new, but a, a newish band, Epic Problem, who have toured a bunch, have some awesome records. They've got a brand new 7-inch that I strongly recommend you go pick out. Check out this new band. They are also very much in <laughs> the milieu that I love, the, the late, 80s, early 90s, UK punk sound, and they're, of course, bringing it up to a modern day, adding other influences and stuff. So, you know, here's someone who influenced so much stuff with what he did in, you know, his first-ish band. We'll talk about his other bands in this episode as well. But, you know, then he walks away and then he comes back and starts a new band and goes on an entirely new journey. I just have so much respect for Mackie and I was so glad that I got to sit down and have this conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did uh, having it. Um, we talk about some great stuff. I don't even think I have that many corrections for myself this week. I think, uh, but if there are, I apologize. We'll get to them on footnotes. This will be a great footnotes. Chris is going to have a good time with this episode. I know that. Uh, also, yeah, I guess I should have mentioned, um, <laughs> if you want to support this show, you should subscribe to it on iTunes. If you use iTunes, you can write a review and rate it. That's a really great way to help the show. Uh, I don't really know why, except for it does help my ego, but it also helps the show. So please do that. And also, while you're there, you'll notice that we have some other podcasts. The aforementioned Footnotes, which is hosted by myself, Chris o myself and Chris O'Toole. There's also Oil and Flowers, which is a cannabis podcast hosted by my good friend and your good friend, Buddha Blaze and I co-host it with him. And then there's also Clobbering Time, which will have a new episode dropping over the weekend with a very, very awesome guest on that one. So get hyped for that. And that's hosted by Tom Bryan and myself. And it's all about pro wrestling. So enjoy those podcasts as well. And they will have their own channel soon and be leaving this one, except for Footnotes. Footnotes will always be the companion to Turn Out a Punk. Uh, so check out those podcasts. And yeah. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy Turned Out a Punk with Mackie. Mackie. Hello. This, my friend, is something that I have been wanting to do for a long time. I got, when I got that email from you, yeah. it was a pretty low day. I was not in a great mood. 
and getting that email and finding out someone that was so influential on me and, and what I've wound up doing musically was a fan of this podcast was just like too much, too much. So, well, yeah, I mean, somebody turned me on to the podcast. I'd seen your band before. I saw you at Rebellion, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Uh, and then someone said, you know, listen to his podcast. He, you know, he has film directors, comic writers and everything. So I just thought, and I heard you mention Blitz in one of the things and he was bigging it up and whatever. So I just thought I'd say, hello, you know what I mean? <laughs> just how you do? And uh, yeah, and here we are in the back of a van. Here we are in the back of the van, <laughs> the way that many great friendships start. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this is not about my podcast or me as much as i wish it was yeah, man. it's about you my friend so let's start this off the way i start them all off yeah which is how'd you get into punk do you remember the first time you ever came across it i remember the first time i was thinking about this today i remember the first time i saw a punk we'd seen because for people who don't know me i'm of a certain age i'm like first generation mm -hmm. pistols clash all that mm -hmm. so anyway we we used to go to football me and Nidge, who was in Blitz, who's sadly no longer with us. Uh, and we went to Wembley. We'd seen the papers, you know, the spitting, Johnny Rotten and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we went to London uh, to a cup final. It must have been 76, maybe, getting to the start of 77. And we saw people in bin bags and stuff. You know, the proper dog collar. <laughs> you know, the real old... Yeah, yeah. the postcard like, Who the fuck are these, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it made us curious. Anyway, we came back and it saw him. Nidge was a bit more curious than me. And uh, he'd gone and seeked out the first Ramones album, which he played to me. And I thought, well, yeah, yeah, you know, loud guitars. Because that's before that, mm -hmm. where I was coming from, the first band I ever saw was Slade. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So you've got... The loud guitar, yeah. And the kind of boot boy, stumpy. So were you into that glam stuff like before at all, or is it just that Slade kind of? Yeah, no, that that was the first band I saw. My brother, he'd seen them, and then they, they came again. We saw Slade, got into Bowie, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it was I'm... more like the boot boy. You know, what boot boy is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were more sort of into that, and I, th I think the punk thing. You know, it was like it was guitars, and it was angry, and not so much the message then, just like. You know, this is something. Fucking let's have some of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that that was it. Nidge really turned me on to it with the Ramones. Uh, and then the first, probably the first live band I saw was uh, after Slade. The first punk band I saw was uh, the Clash, who were my all-time favourites and have remained so. Mm -hmm. um, we saw them at Bellevue. There's a, there's a lot of film of The Clash live in the UK. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it in Manchester. For is, is that the famous... Um, it's like So It Goes. Yeah, So It Goes, this yeah. Tony Wilson thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Where uh, they do the garage land and he's down on yeah, the ground. Yeah. And well, they played, they played Manchester about two weeks before at the Apollo, which we went to, and Strummer lost his voice. Okay. And he was a bit pissed about it. And he got the chance to... This is what I've read. Got a chance to do the So It Goes thing. So he sort of invited... It was like two weeks after. Fucking yeah. hell, great, we're going to go down. So we went down, everyone was pushing. Bellevue was like an old theme park in Manchester, but it still had a big arena in it where bands played. Mm -hmm. Then it had a little ballroom called Elizabethan Ballroom. Uh, we went to that and we're all pushing at the doors to get in, you know, and uh, the doors actually burst off their hinges. And then we went and all to the front of the stage and Strummer set off with uh, London Calling. Uh, no, hang on, what did he set off? Yeah, London Carly, but he was singing like getting in for nothing with the lyrics. He changed them to. <laughs> no, 
oh, London's burning. So instead of going, yeah. instead of going London's burning, he was going, get in it for nothing. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Yeah, so that was the first. I mean, that was uh, that was a clash. Uh, Subway sect and the Banshees before they were signed. Wow. That was that gig. What were the band, were the Banshees already goth by that point, or is it more punk at that yeah, early First stuff? album stuff, you know, yeah, Metal yeah. Postcard. And, yeah. Yeah, Mirage and... Yeah, but awesome. I've, I loved them, yeah. So back to, like, to the Boot Boy stuff you were into prior to, was it like Juke and those bands? Or? No, I never... I, I only heard of them recently. Yeah. Yeah. There was only really Slade. Yeah. It was just sort of chart stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, we knew they were ex-skinheads, so we liked them because of that. Although I was never a skinhead. Like I say, Boot Boys were sort of long-haired skinheads, if yeah. you like. Yeah, yeah. We went to the football. It all sort of went together, you know? So I guess after you go and see the clash of that show, is it almost immediate at that point that you kind of got it, or yeah. were you still kind of? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd heard them before. And yeah, like I said I heard the Ramones, and you like seek stuff out, you know, through John Peel and NME and Sounds Music Papers. Started getting into it a bit. Maybe got some skinny jeans and some baseball <laughs> boots. You know, not go the whole hog. Let's <laughs> just, just test the water here a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then it was like. I mean, the next logical step was get guitars, you know. You really need three chords, don't we? So, Sniffing Glue said so. <laughs> so, yeah, that, Sniffing Glue is a great example. So, were you picking up fanzines at this point, too? Yeah, or? yeah, you get fanzines at gigs. Yeah. We used to go to uh, the Russell Club, which was the factory a lot in Manchester, if you know that. Yeah, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, the factory went on to become, you know... La Hacienda? Yeah, the Hacienda, yeah. all the big dance thing. Yeah. But Tony Wilson, who did So It Goes, he had a club called Russell Club in the middle of Hume, mm-hmm. which was like a pretty heavy place to go, really. I think it's that's the one that's kind of like immortalizing 24-hour party people. Yeah, that's where, it, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's big estates, you know, tower blocks. Yeah. And then there's a little club. I think it was like a Jamaican club. Yeah, okay. Caribbean kind of... But he'd had a punk night there. And we'd go and we'd see Slot and the Dogs and we'd go and see Buzzcocks and, you know, it was wow. fucking great. But you were so relieved when you got out <laughs> in, in one piece. <laughs> you know, we were like hicks from the sticks. Yeah, yeah. You know, New Mills is fucking last of the summer wine, if you know what that is. That's like a, you know, just countryside. And... Yeah, not, not necessarily in the uh, the belly of the beast that not is really, Manchester. No, really, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like at those shows you're probably being exposed to tons of different type of punk music what were sort of like the, the bands other than The Clash that you kind of gravitated to Slaughter and the Dogs I would say yeah Slaughter and the Dogs um, the Ramones definitely I mean we got all the Ramones stuff because we loved that you know that was the first stuff we could play along to yeah. and recognise that you're actually playing a song <laughs> you know three chords <laughs> three notes <laughs> But yeah, the other stuff was, uh, like I said, the Banshees, Buzzcocks, because of Manchester band, the Drones, do you know mm-hmm. the Drones? Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. yeah. They played a lot in Manchester, so you come down and see them at the Poly or the Uni. Yeah. What about Panic, with a K? That... Panic, yeah. 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 Did, yeah, I had a record by them, I never saw them though. I think that that's the band that Ian Curtis tried out for. Did or, he really? Or, or some, there was some like, connection to Joy Division, yeah, I thought. Yeah, Panic, yeah. Um, way back when. But there was, there was a lot of... Well, you know yourself, there's a lot of Manchester bands, you know, playing around at that time. You could go and see them. Yeah, uh, Ed Banger and the Nosebleeds. It was, it was fucking loads. Yeah. There was loads going on. And then after that, I mean, just jumping forward a bit, was all the uh, Joy Division, which we got in, well, I personally got into as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the factory stuff. So at this point, when you're going to these shows, like at, at Tony's Punk Night and stuff, was it 
it it was very much like one scene, I would imagine. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You'd see the same faces. Mm -hmm. But it, it wasn't friendly. You know, it was heavy. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Nobody's. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like now. Yeah. You know, you go to a gig now. I'll play a gig, and people are hugging you. Yeah, we'll see you next time around, and everything. There, it was like, who the fuck are these? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's I guess the biggest change is that the community is the same. It's just the vibe that you get given by the community's changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever? What's that guy's name? John the Postman was that? John it? the Postman. Yeah, I didn't see him, but okay. he was like legendary. Yeah, yeah, you know. In the, in yeah, the... I mean, John Cooper Clark used to play mm -hmm. a lot as well. He supported everybody. Yeah, you know. So you see him at all the gigs. It's it's funny. Is it the nosebleeds? Were they? Yeah, the nosebleeds. The nosebleeds, and um, when they would, because that what did they become? Drudy Column, and then Drudy Column. Yeah. Um, all that sort of Joy Division-y stuff all came from that. It's amazing when you think about Crispy Ambulance and yeah, like loads that, of... That scene, like, you know, yourself, like, just the people that were there watching the bands and the bands that would be performing, how many of them went on to do all... Oh, yeah. ...diverse range of stuff. Yeah, well, it's 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 very much like, you know, the Pistols at the Lesser Free Trade all mm -hmm. thing, where everybody went and formed bands after. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's what we were like. You know, you, you go and see Slaughter and the Dogs, they're just off an estate in Withenshaw. Yeah. They were just rough kids, you know what yeah. I mean, and doing it. And yeah, that's that's what made you want to do it. So how did you kind of go, I guess you get your guitar, you have a good, you get, get in gear at this point, you're kind of figuring yeah, out. Yeah, me and Nidja kind of toying with the idea. Nidja could play a bit. I couldn't play guitar. I had one, I was really bad. Uh, and so I got a bass. Uh, a future armor bass. Did you guys uh, play? Sorry, before, before we got the bass, did you guys do anything with a guitar band? Would you guys have a band name or anything? No. Okay. No, not at this stage. Okay, yeah. No. No. But I did you got the guitar, so obviously I'm going to be the bass yeah. player. Uh, and I got this future armor bass all fucked up. A bit of broom handle for the bridge, <laughs> like wedged in. You know, the action was like an inch off. You know, you got to you got to work to play this fucking thing. Yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then. There was a local band called The Rhythm, a six-form school band. Okay. Uh, and they they did a few kind of punky covers and stuff. Anyway, the, uh, I'll tell you who was in them initially. Do you know Lloyd Cole? Yeah. Yeah, well, Lloyd Cole was in them. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was in it. Yeah, it, because he was from Chapel, which is near us. There wasn't a six farm there, so we came to New Mill Six Farm, and he got in a band called The Rhythm. The Rhythm. He then left to go to uni. And we, me and Nidge, like, replaced Lloyd Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I never met him. I don't know the guy. <laughs> yeah, we replaced Lloyd Cole. That's the claim to fame. Well, you've now walked in his shoes. That's so as you... big as we fucking going to get. <laughs> well, I don't... I, hey, I disagree with you on that one, yeah. certainly. But, um, well, it's, did the rhythm ever record or do anything? Or? No. We, we went in the studio a few times. The demo tapes. Oh, yeah. It was all about demos then. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to tout this fucking tape round of trade. <laughs> you know, they're going to... They're gonna bite us hand off and stuff, but we did a few. It was it was pretty bog standard, you know. It was like Blitzkrieg Bop and mm -hmm. Boston Breakout and you know Breakdown and just covers like that. We had his own songs, but they were real cliched. Yeah, you know. But that's my favorite kind of cliche. <laughs> my favorite. If I can root them out, yeah, I will fine. send you a cassette. Please, I would love, I would love this tape. This tape seems to me this, like this the, tape. a yeah. Rosetta Stone of music for me. This, <laughs> 
Somebody will have that tape. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to dig get, it out for you. No, I, would, I cannot wait. I'm, Don't play it on any of them. I, will, I promise, Mackie. I, I will, I'm not allowed to play music on here. iTunes would get mad at me, oh, too. You play tunes. No, that's the... Uh, well, you can play our record on it. <laughs> okay, well, you give me permission, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I can do that now. I'll have a yeah. song of the week this week. Yeah. I'll sign a disclaimer. Okay, good. Okay, then as long as we can get all the paperwork done. Um, so I guess at, at this point, the rhythm, were you guys playing shows? Did you play locally at all? Yeah, just local shows, yeah. What were some of the other bands you were playing with? Or uh, There were little bands from kind of Stockport, a band called Curse. I don't think they released anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hoax, you know them. Yeah, they released a bit of stuff. Sid didn't do it. Oh no, better in the dark or something. How? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we played. We eventually got out to Manchester, like Salford Uni and stuff like that, and played the odd gig, but you know nothing, nothing big. And that then folded. Uh, Nidge and um, Carl and a guy called Bill who was in it went on to become uh, Riot Squad for about a week. <laughs> And then they got another drummer, and then they got me, and the Bill and Bill left, and we became Blitz. Then that's awesome. We got Charlie from Buxton. It was me, Nidge, and Carly. We'd all been in rhythm. Went on to be Blitz then. So, so did, by the time Blitz, by the time Riot Squad became Blitz, yeah. was it already kind of like I don't want to say an image because you guys were boot boys prior to this, but was yeah. it like that this was going to be not like a a punk band that this was going to be something different? No, no, we wanted to be, basically, we wanted to be like Stiff Little Fingers and okay. Clash and stuff. Yeah. You know, that was that was the the only goal, you know, at that point. Yeah. I mean, when, when we started, uh, Charlie was a punk and Carl was a punk. Mm. And then they morphed into Skinhead and then um, Carl eventually was like a casual, you know, flicker, Perry yeah. Boy, that yeah. kind yep. of thing, which he got a lot of shit for, but hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, that, that was the sole thing, write some fast songs try and get out there yeah and we you know you, you probably know but we did a four track demo which was released as the all out attack ep mm-hmm. which were recorded in stockport hologram studios they had like studio downtime if a band booked a week and they weren't in certain evenings and the engineer would still work for a few quid you could have their downtime okay yeah so we were through the night that was recorded through the night that session it was like starting at say eight till like eight in the morning, you know, with some wow. engineer fucking snorting something to keep him going through the evening. Yeah. Do you know who you were in on, over top of? Like, what band were you guys recording? No, 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 no. What a legendary nights recording session. Yeah, the I mean, nights that launched the genre. Stockport's got um, a brewery called Robinson's Brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, I can remember being outside, you know, in the early hours, and uh, it just stunk of <laughs> like hops and barley, yep. and yeah, you know, it wasn't. Well, you know, it went on to be great, but at the time, you know yourself, it's never great when you're doing it, is it? It's mm-hmm. only great looking back, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. So, but at that point, like, even in All Out Attack, there's like, you guys thank Lawrence, the guy who does Domino Records, he did a fanzine back then. like it, Yeah, was it Rising Free or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he'd interviewed us. So there were already kind of a scene, like, would you guys already have, like, a fan base by the time you're doing that demo? Or there people... Maybe a little bit. We've been name-checked in sounds okay probably not before the demo but maybe you know due uh in between the period of doing the demo and getting it released mm-hmm. we probably met lawrence then and a few other fanzine writers maybe got in touch with the through sounds yeah you know 
Were you guys playing, like, what was your first show as Blitz? Do you remember the that? The first show was probably, um, it's about 400 yards from my house. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't moved far in the world. Uh, the parish hall. Okay. You know, a little church hall yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And it was a typical, you know, always a band, I think, called The Ruin, a band called The Urge. And it was just like, you know, a youth club kind of bands and just playing little fucking shows. Did you guys know when you're, like, obviously you're, you're aiming for Stiff Little Fingers and, and The Clash, but there's, there's like an aggression in Blitz yeah. that, that comes off, like, right, the, first, the needle hits that yeah. record. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys see that playing with other bands at that time, or...? Or was the crowd seeing that when you were playing, I should ask, maybe? I don't know. That, I, I don't know really where that came from. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think it's quite a lot to do with Carl's vocal. I mean, we, we, we'd heard and maybe played with Discharge at that point. Mm -hmm. So there's maybe a bit of that mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. as well. You know, definitely with Never Surrender, you know, later on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was, was trying to do that. But yeah, I, I think it was just like, it, it was just how we sounded. It wasn't preconceived. Yeah. That, that was just us. Was there like a different like were there other like skinhead boot boy fans that were kind of around your band? Like what were those people doing during the early punk stage? Uh, well, they were looking for something. Yeah, yeah. they were looking for bands. Yeah, you know, where have all the boot boys gone and yeah. stuff? You know, yeah. <laughs> there, there wasn't really anything, and I think yeah. a lot of them, you know, did evolve into the punk scene. You know, most definitely. Mm -hmm. So when you guys started playing shows and. You know, I guess things started really happening. You guys record the demo, and then, like, no future. Yeah, we just sent up. There was an advert in Sounds or somewhere. You know, it didn't have a name. It just said, you know, band wants, uh, label wants punk bands, send demos and stuff. <laughs> and we, we have got, you know, I, I've got rejection letters from Rough Trade and oh, you other you, labels. You kept yeah, all that stuff? Yeah, I've got a bit of stuff. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome! Yeah. I've, got, <laughs> I've got a bit of a scrapbook. Oh. You know, with all that shit in. Oh. Old set list, you know, and shit like that. Oh you my god, Mac, you're, you're making me. Wait, playing tomorrow. Come to my house. I'll show you. I will, I will come to your house. I will definitely come to your house and see this book. This book sounds amazing. I think we should publish this book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this no, it, it's pretty fucked up now. No pun, but it, the book is pretty ripped up and everything now. But yeah, that had all set lists in it. You know where we'd played and stuff like that, and little flyers we'd done, photocopied. You know. Yeah. So what? So was sounds the de facto magazine for you guys more than Enemy and everything yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. We, I only remember really getting Enemy wasn't really into the second wave of punk stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And everybody knows Bushel, you know, with the eye, whatever you want to call it, the street punk thing. He really pushed that. Yeah, you know, and people slag him off. That's up to them. He never did any harm to me personally. I don't know about his politics, really. I don't mm -hmm. want to get into any of that. Mm -hmm. But he was great for us. He really championed us. Mm -hmm. You know, he got us on... Uh, did you ever see the clip on Riverside? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, he got us on that. Really? Yeah, he got us on that. He could have had... You know, he could have had the Foreskins. He could have yeah. had Last Resort. He could have any of them. But he got us on it. And, it, you know, he did really push us. Yeah, you know, we've a lot to thank him for. Well, yeah, because that's like, you know, like, I don't know, you, you were here, you probably saw it happen. But to me, like, you know, looking back on it and studying that era, he kind of built a scene, like saw a bunch did, of fans yeah. and then was like, this is going to be a scene. I think he did, yeah, yeah, he, he did. And maybe, you know, created a bit of a monster in one respect. Yeah. You know, with the South Hall thing and all the riots and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and we, we were happy 
so, you know, we get sounds every week. You know what? We got, oh, I got a single review. Fucking hell, you know, it's great. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, Blitz are playing here, Blitz are playing there. Great stuff. And then you're thinking, oh, what about this side of things? Yeah. I'm not too keen on this side of things. You know, we better distance ourselves, you know, which we did right mm. away. We never said we're an eye band, mm -hmm. you know. I, I was more like London, you know, oh, oh, you know, all this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you want to say street punk, I mean, it was punk and it was from the street, so therefore. Okay, street punk. Well, it just seems like Oi was something that almost after the fact has been put on. Well, like you said, like we were talking about, he created a scene. Yeah, it was, it was a so, label, yeah. Yeah, so he's, a bunch of bands got stuck with it that yeah. might not have been. But, I mean, that, then, you know, that got tagged with all the right-wing yeah. thing, which, you know, we, we showed our colours. We played a lot of, you know, A&L gigs and RAR gigs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, which we would have done. It wasn't like, oh, we better do that. You know, mm -hmm. we wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what we're about anyway. Did it really feel like at that time, like I know we don't have to get too into politics, obviously, but I'm just in the broader sense. Did it feel like you, you, everyone was picking a side at that point? Like yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely got shit at gigs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, whether it be because we were Northern or whether it be because, you know, we had, we had played Rock Against Racism stuff and mm -hmm. things like that, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, the, the infamous one, the Under Club one, where Carl got bottled. Yeah. I mean, that that I think that was just because we were Northern. I think it it was cold. He'd got a football scarf on. He didn't think about what colour it was. You know, yeah. somebody took objection. <laughs> it's, a, it's funny, though, when you, like, think about how quickly that became almost a separate thing like street punk yeah uh you know that was became the second wave right like that was definitely the big, yeah the second wave of punk but, i mean the bat the bat you've sort of got the first wave pistols clash all that i think second wave was more kind of upstarts stiff little fingers mm -hmm. you know them and they linked on to rejects you know and us which then le linked on to Discharge and GBH. You know, that's the kind of lineage that I see. Mm -hmm. And then sort of No Future Records kind of has a whole explosion of bands. Yeah. Was that, were you guys playing with those bands at all? They, I, I lived with most of them. Oh, bands. really? Like, like <laughs> ultra-violence and court no, martial? Well, attack, attack. Oh, Attack, of yeah. course, yeah. I mean, Attack's my sister. Yeah, yeah. And my brother-in-law. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and Violators was Helen, who was... My girlfriend. Oh, okay, yeah. So we we all lived in one house. Okay. You know, that sounds like some kind of big punk squat thing. It wasn't. It was just a fucking house. Just a house where everyone has to live because it's expensive yeah. to get house. Yeah. But I mean, we no future signed us, and we did well for no future, and they did good for us, and they were fucking blown away. They didn't expect to shift any. You know, we yeah. were selling like. I don't know, 22,000 copies of the foot, and they're like getting more pressed, and Rough Trade are asking for more, well, and Pinnacle, and all this, and they're like, what the fuck? Anyway, it went on, and, and like Chris Berry, who was the head show at No Future, saying, you know, any other bands like that? <laughs> and I said, well, it's my sister's band and my girlfriend's band, so we signed them. Oh. The, you know, and then he got the others, and he like the samples. Yeah. They were from Malvin, where the label was. I think they were friends. You know, and then it, it went on. To get the initial success that we had. He pumped everything back in. Ah. He didn't make any money, you know. He, it, pump, he pumped it all back in. So well, it's such a, it's such, it's almost like a. People talk about the No Future sound. Like, what does that band sound like? Oh, they're a No Future style band now. Yeah, I like don't it, know. Be, it became it, like. Is there, what is there that? Do you think? There, oh, there definitely is. Like, oh, they're like, like a, partisans and. Yeah, like what does that band sound like? Oh, they're like No Future style. Like they're doing that. Yeah, Red Alert. Yeah, Red Alert, Ultra Violence, um, uh, Court Martial. Um, 
You think, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, yeah but because it's, it's definitely like a clay records. Yeah. But even clay records, the sound on clay records got so different. I think No Future, it seems like the sound, there's a lot more breadth of punk on No Future than on clay. Yeah. yeah a lot more goth yeah. stuff on clay. And what was the other big one, The Secret? Oh, Secret, of course, yeah. Uh, business like, and. In Variety. In Variety. Yeah. And. I don't it, remember who else. Well, Riot City. Ride City, Fire yeah. Squad. Yeah, well, Bride, that was Bristol, right? Yeah, it was Bristol, yeah. So was it more like, were the, was it a local scene, or were you traveling around playing into all these different scenes at that point, too? No, it, I mean, like I said, the label is from Malvern. Yeah. Um, up until doing the uh, Voice of a Generation album, we hadn't met Chris Berry. Oh, really? We'd never met him, no. <laughs> you never came down? No. Like, you guys were selling thousands of singles for this guy. We, we never met him. <laughs> It's fucking weird because it's weird. You know, then I mean, there's no, you know, no fucking internet. Yeah, or yeah. It's like I'll I'll ring you at six o'clock, be in, and you had to be in. You know, and he would ring and he'd say, you know, I've sold this many, you know, and I'm doing, yeah. But that's the only time we met him. And when we met him, you know, he was like, it's like a posh kind of guy, really. You know, he wasn't yeah. like a punk guy. I don't know. He, I, I don't know. How did he get in the label then? I don't know. I don't know. So there, there is. Weird. I'll try and link you up. There's a really good documentary with Cherry Red. Yeah. I'll find it for you. And I, Cherry Red are talking about because Cherry Red own the rights now to No Future yeah. and everything, and they re-released the stuff. And it's got the head of Cherry Red, who I can't remember now, interviewing Chris Berry. It's really good. Oh, that's he's awesome. Saying, he said he says he didn't come to see Blitz because he was scared of us. <laughs> <laughs> was there a lot of fucking going down there Believe <laughs> <laughs> me alive was there were there a lot of, was it like well i guess were people right to be fearful of a blitz gig what was a blitz gig like yeah it was that? a heavy gig it yeah. was a heavy gig yeah yeah i bet yeah i mean you said yourself you know the music's aggressive yeah exactly if you look back now a lot of the lyrics are aggressive yeah you know someone's gonna die fight to live attack you know it's kind of in keeping with We're a, making a rod for our own back. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. We're coming out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was violent. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean a, a lot were a lot of gigs were then. Mm -hmm. Back then. It was just how it was. Mm -hmm. And of course, people weren't as accepting when you were going to the gig. You know, you'd come to Manchester, you're running the gauntlet before you got in the gig. Do you need to be shown? No, time? no, 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 no. Um, I'm trying off my phone. You know, it's like people, you know, who are these with fucking blonde hair, skinny ripped jeans, what are these guys, you know? So it was it was heavy then, so we'd get in the gig, bit of respite, and then you'd play, but yeah, there were fights. But I mean, it made it, it made it exciting yeah. at least. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that it was any better then than now, it's certainly different. But you know, it was intimidating and it was like, edgy. I don't know. Is that good or bad? No, like I don't know. Like, well, that's like I think that's the. That's you what, must have played gigs when it's like. Yeah, like I think that's going what, off. Oh, you can feel it's gonna go. I remember one of my first shows. The lead singer of the band got spat on, jumped down off the stage, and attacked the guy that spat on him and landed on my friends and I. My friends never came back, but yeah. I, I couldn't get yeah. enough. No, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Why though? I mean, it's, it's like exciting. you think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it is. It pushes you to the edge, right? Yeah. Like it's the. Yeah, definitely. And especially with music. And I think even more so now, like everything is kept so far away. There's a stage, there's a, yeah. there's a distance between you and the band. So the entire thing with punk was that that was broken and you had the band Definitely. with you and you were with the band. And I don't, a, although 
uh, what, going back to what I said before is, you know, people would look at your gigs, you know, who are these and everything. You, you still had that one common thing. You'd all made your way to see mm -hmm. that band. Mm -hmm. You know, the people outside didn't know about it, didn't understand it. So at least you had that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny because you look at the early New York punk scene, like the New York hardcore scene, like yeah. after the punk scene. And you, you like people talk about it. you had Puerto Rican people, yeah. African American people. You had white power, white dudes, and, and all these people were commingling because it was them versus everyone yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and that's that's all they got. That's all they got. Yeah. So they were all like existing in this little like community. But yeah, which brings up a great question: How aware were you of the impact Blitz was having almost right out of the gate internationally? Not at all. Oh, really? Yeah. No, not at all, really. I mean, the the thing with us is, we weren't together that long. Yeah. And we didn't play that many gigs, and we didn't release that much stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that has made it more, you know, of a legendary thing, if you like. Mm -hmm. You know, you what, man? You saw Blitz. You know, they never. You know, we only went to London. I don't know, four or five times, something. Which is, you know, it's nothing, is it? Yeah. Now. And uh, I think that that has built it up a bit, mm -hmm. you know. I think that, I think you're once again not giving yourself enough credit <laughs> on the songs department. The songs have also contributed. Oh to the yeah, legacy. yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> when we did that, you know, we knew we knew when we'd done the All Out Attack. Yeah, you know that someone was going to put it out, and it was fucking raw and yeah. having it, you know, and how it was supposed to be. Yeah, and it, like you say now, even now. Uh, People want to capture that now. I mean, recording now is very slick and do it home on your Mac and everything like that. You know, that was on like some shitty transistor amps, you know, in a <laughs> yep. shitty cold room in Stockport. Maybe that's why we're pissed off. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it does. You put the needle in and it, it fucking does, yeah. So you're e saying. Even now it leaps. Oh, yeah, it leaps. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny because you're saying if we put you in a nice warm studio, yeah. maybe we would have gotten like a Nightingale's record instead. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's got that bus song. Oh. It's relentless, and it, you know, it, what's well, funny? It's funny too, because like, it, well, actually, it, there's two things I want to talk about, but um, it's one of those records that sounds like it could come out now, you know, and it, you it, think so? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, like it just has that, you know, timeless kind of, kind of energy to it. Yeah, and, and the LP uh, all the whole way through. I like that's the thing about you know, and even to, you know, New Age. Like New Age is like an amazing song. Uh, like almost by it feels like a completely different band obviously yeah. the same band well, it, I mean I, I wasn't on New Age yeah yeah I'd left I mean it was the same band but I think the influences of other bands that we liked I mean I said before we liked Joy Division Carl liked Joy Division you know I think in New Age there's a little you know the snare's cracking yeah you know what I mean and it it's kind of it's got a th it's got a, a stomp to it yeah it's but, then, but then like Lyle's got really pissed off because Carl went on to do the other Blitz yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Which is like, he'd gone too far. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd gone too far. <laughs> he got that moment on that podcast. That, was that like, is great. <laughs> he was so angry. <laughs> so angry. Why the fuck did they do that to me? <laughs> Sorry, Lyle's. It wasn't me. me, man. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the amazing thing about, you know... You know this band that you were in. It's like they mean that much to so many people. Yeah, like I, I'm amazed. I mean, I, when I, I mean, I, I got out of it. I, I wasn't in. 
wasn't playing, doing anything in bands or anything. And it was only later, like with the advent of the internet and stuff like that, that you realise, you know, there's some guy in Brazil <laughs> in a garage and his first song is Someone's Gonna Die. He's fucking playing on his guitar. He's took the time out to learn it. And him and his mates are just belting it out. It's fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Well, it also, like, because I think that's the thing about street punk, oi, like it had its, it, you know, and obviously it carries on in England. There's still, you know, it, it's still, you know, to this day. But when it hit North America and the way all that sounds that had been produced over here got taken up by the American bands, right? it became so obviously culminating in Rancid and Rancid becoming, you know, a, yeah. a superstar band. But like the fact that you had like Dropkick Murphys all the way to like Negative Approach and all yeah, yeah. Agnostic Front, all these bands kind you of think it, You think all that came from that? Oh, I did. Oh, well, not necessarily from there, but they were aware of it oh, 100%. and bought it and listened to oh, it. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. Like, you, you can even, if you talk to, like, Vinny or Roger about Blitz, they, they definitely, yeah. like, both will go on about Blitz. And, like, yeah. I think if you look at Negative Approach, to me that was, like, them taking British street punk and yeah. being like, how do we make an American street punk version of right, this? And doing yeah. and and thus creates one of my favorite hardcore bands too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did a Blitz song, didn't they? Yep. Did they do Never Surrender or yep. something? Yeah, yeah, on the on the uh, total total uh, recall CD. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you see, like, yeah, it's just amazing how like that's why I love this punk punk music is because it's like this this uh you know like the smallest seed can go on to become the biggest flower type thing and like yeah and also just how many amazing. <laughs> perfect records there are out there yeah no, no it, is, it is amazing and it you know it never ceases to amaze me that doesn't because if you know you know where we're from it's just a little town you know in the countryside <laughs> and everything and now you know wherever i go i mean i play in a band now and wherever i go people want to talk about it which is cool yeah i'll talk to anyone you know yeah. people want to take time out and chat about it man they said you know that was the first album i bought you know and it <laughs> meant the fucking world to me and all this it's fucking amazing yeah Tell where did like as so a how did it go you know you played this short run you played all these shows why did you decide you didn't want to be there for the next phase of it i as you probably know in bands <coughs> people fall out oh uh, yes <coughs> now carl i loved carl but it was a bit i don't know is it it's a bit his brain was sort of like thinking ahead kind of too much. Mm -hmm. You know, he was off at a tangent. We'd done Voice of a Generation and he's saying, the next album, it's going to be a gatefold. It's going to be triple gatefold. It's going to be a concept <laughs> album. Oh, those <laughs> are there. terrifying yeah, words to hear someone there. say. No, but it was. And it's like, fucking hell, Carl. Whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't forget your roots and all this, you know. And he's saying, no, man, no, let's move on. You move on. Anyway, we played a show. We played... Uh, uh, Clarendon in London. Uh, Carl got really pissed. It was a shit, shitty gig. We were supposed to be videoed. Mm -hmm. No future, we're going to video it. So, you know, we wanted it to be good. Mm -hmm. We was hanging about all day. Carl got really pissed. Fucked the show up. You know, we came back to New Mills the day after. Decided to have a band meeting. Had a band meeting. I wasn't happy with the way he'd behaved. He wasn't happy with my reaction to how he'd behaved. <laughs> so yeah i just thought fuck it yeah i don't need it because i was basically sorting everything and i felt like it was all on my shoulders you know not i mean i'm not taking full credit no mm -hmm. way you know it was a you look at the songwriting credits and it, there's four names on there mm -hmm. and uh 
the majority was Carl and Nidge would write the songs. But we decided it's a four-way split money-wise because we're a band. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just thought at the end, I'm fucking dealing with contracts and I'm sorting gigs and I'm, I fucking can't be bothered. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it anymore. And I just left. In hindsight, it wasn't the wisest move I've ever made. Mm -hmm. But that was the move I made, so. And Lars loves you forever for that move, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, don't know. I mean, jump, jumping ahead again, yeah. sorry. Uh, jumping ahead, there were at least two instances where we nearly got back together. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, my uh, eldest daughter is, what? 21 my youngest daughter is 17 I think when we're having the youngest daughter my wife was pregnant Nidge approached me then I think he was probably going to America then he probably sorted something like that out yeah and he said you know do you want to come and I was like in two minds fucking hell yeah I want to come but I'm having a baby yeah it's probably not a great time and then you start thinking oh, nah. and it, it didn't work out but then a few years later um, we very nearly did get it together, but Nidge wouldn't do it with Carl. Oh. So. But so you did when you walked away from Blitz. Did you want to start anything else? Did you want to? No. Really? I was asked to join a couple of. I was asked to join Test Tube Babies. Yeah. They wanted somebody. Um, Wayne County. Somebody Wayne County, right? Yeah. Got in touch with me. I don't know through something. Fucking phoned me up and said, "You know what? Do you want to play bass? You know, we're touring the UK." Wow, that would been awesome. That was weird. Dude, that yeah, would yeah. awesome. So yeah. like, no, I didn't. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. So like, was it just you just didn't want to play in those bands? You're just done with playing in bands in general. I, I think I just got it out of my system. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like you know, what next? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, because that's the thing. Like, that's the hardest part to walk away from. I think being it is. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were times. I, like I said, looking back now, it wasn't the wisest. Maybe we should have just took time out, because you know we'd done well. We we were getting somewhere. You know, there were talk of going to America and all this mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I thought we should we should have ridden it out, but we didn't. We decided to fucking roll around on the floor, fighting each other and. <laughs> It just wasn't right after that. What do you think it is about a lot of the English bands where they they got to a certain point and decided to not change their sound, but go in a different direction, you know, like Blitz and Discharge, like yeah. right up top. There's, yeah, there's with the metal stuff noise. and things. There's like metal or just always a different influence coming in. Yeah, I, I mean... Definitely with the Blitz thing was Carl because, like I say, it was 100 mile an hour, you know, like Depeche Mode, you know, and The Cure, and, you know, yeah. I, want, I want to do something like that. Yeah. You know, this is okay, this has got us so far, but I want to fucking, you know, want to go the whole hog mm -hmm. kind of thing. We've got a foot in the door, but, you know, he's shitting on everybody who's opened that door. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why they change. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know about Discharge. I think. I don't know. I mean, Rejects did like a rock album, didn't they? The Cardi Rejects did. Uh, most of them, most of the... And that was pretty good, I thought. Wild Ones, was it? It was all yeah. right. Maybe they just thought they they got as far as they could. Maybe that's the, uh... That's the, uh... Maybe the aggro. The aggro, the boot, the boot, uh... The boot influence, too, with the yeah. Rejects allowed yeah. them to kind of have, like, a I mean, you a, saw a what rock. happened to, like, Sham 69, they couldn't play, couldn't yeah. they? So, yeah. So, yeah. Rejects probably thought, we'll move on, but, I mean... <laughs> The rejects are still playing now, you know, and they're better than ever, like. So. Yeah. 
Well, that's the other thing is like there there's certain bands that just didn't go away and and, and got better and yeah. kind of found like you know Cox Bars still going every yeah. year they do their subs show. obviously subs uh, we played with the subs not too long ago yeah. and it's like GBH I mean they probably you know they've all had dips yeah maybe they have disbanded and stuff but you know yeah fair play to them so what got you back into doing music what was that um, were you like playing for yourself over the years or no no not really. I sold my bass years and years ago. I uh, got married, had kids and all that. I played in a few little bands, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't really get a lot of satisfaction mm -hmm. from it. And then I don't know, maybe I had a midlife crisis because looking back now, it's probably when I was round about the 50 mark. Okay. I know that's hard to believe, <laughs> <laughs> but it was round about there. You know, the kids are growing up. You're at a bit of a loose end. Yeah. You know, and the the music has always meant the world to me. You know, when you when a record came on the radio, I don't know, uh, like magazine or something. You know, shot by both sides. So, and you think, fucking, that was so good. You know, back then, or Killing Joke or whatever. And I just thought, I've got to try and write some songs because mm -hmm. I used to write a bit in Blitz, and I got a guitar and started demoing a few things. I thought, yeah, it's all right. You know, it sounds all right. And then I thought, fuck it, I'm going to have another crack at it. <laughs> Whether anyone wants to hear me or not. But that's awesome, because now I guess you're doing it on your terms, right? And it's got, you've got a different appreciation for it now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we obviously, uh, Epic Problem, get, you know, featuring Mackie of Blitz. Yeah. You know, and we get some good gigs because of that. Mm -hmm. But people don't come expecting Blitz because they don't get Blitz. You know, mm -hmm. I haven't tried to sell it on that angle, although that angle is going to be used, and that's fair enough. Yeah. You know, that that's cool, like. Well, I mean, it's just we, part of the history of the band, yeah, in yeah. a real way. But yeah. I, I would hate to have to rely on it, you know, yeah. go out and play <laughs> yeah. all the Blitz songs. You do, like, an encore of all Blitz songs. Well, we do, we do. We only really... We play them... Like, we went to Germany, and somebody... The promoter took us out there and we thought, okay, for the encore, we'll play Warriors, we'll play Razors. Yeah. Right, we'll learn, and we thought, if it's going well, and if they're into our stuff, then we will play them. Yeah. But if they're not into our stuff, we won't play them, because why play 14 of your own songs, and they're <laughs> looking at the watch thinking, get to the fucking end and let's have what we've come for. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've done that, and we did it in Copenhagen, a guy flew us over, so we thought we'll, we'll play it. But, but I think now... You know, we've released that much stuff of his own. Yeah. It's not scary anymore to do that. No. You got your own identity at this point. Yeah, I would I would hate to have to rely on it. Is it well, because also Epic Problems has like there's like a, a, a it's a very different sounding band than Blitz. Can you not hear any in there? I definitely hear it. Yeah. Like, but I think that's because like to me, Blitz are one of those bands that post Blitz any punk band that's kind of like informed about the history of punk right that will be they've, there they've took from that yeah like they're like you know you hear japanese bands and you hear bits of blitz in yeah. it, you know like you hear like you know like it just it's just part of the the punk dna at this point right like yeah. we all we all drink from that cup when we get into the genre and stuff but but yeah. there's also like you know like there's a much there's also like a like melodic yeah british punk of the like the late 90s late yeah. 80s early 90s kind of thing we, too we well, both me and Jake, we love Leatherface. Yeah. You know, the melodic punk stuff. But we love, like, the Midwest stuff. You know, we love Slow Death. Yep. We love Off With Their Heads. 
you know that kind of yeah. vibe as well. Dillinger Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously we're English. Yeah, and we sing in English accents about <laughs> English things, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I think Leatherface to me is like one of the most underrated bands oh, ever. Man. Crushingly well, good. Yeah, I mean, I've I've played it. I mean, uh, getting morbid here. I said I want a springtime at my funeral, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I said I want it playing because it's just so fucking great. Mm -hmm. And I've played it to my kids, and they said, "Man, Dad, that's just horrible. His voice is horrible." So <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, you want to put me in a grave right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I said, I don't give a shit. It isn't. It listen to the poetry, you know. Oh. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, it's one of the most beautiful songs ever. And yeah. it, I think his voice on that song, it's the grit great. makes it makes it of so beautiful. Of course it does. Yeah. You know, it's like people say he's like Lemmy, but he, he's like a soul singer, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Did you did you like see them when they were playing? Yeah, or? I've seen them once. So were you like going to shows in the in that period? No, you, no, you just kind of like. No, I'd stopped. Wow. Yeah. Were you kind of keeping up with what was happening? I'd, I'd been to see. I've been to see other stuff like I've been to see some hip hop stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose right after the punk thing was like um, maybe a bit gothy kind of the cult, mm -hmm. Sisters of Mercy, Killing Joke, mm -hmm. a band called Play Dead. I don't know if you know. I know Play Dead absolutely. Yeah. We like that, you yeah. know. We sort of gone there. That's where I'd gone. Okay. Uh, but yeah, th then later on, you know, I, I've been see Public Enemy and Stone Roses and Radiohead. I've seen all these. So were you into that Manchester stuff when that was happening at all, or just I like? Wouldn't, I, it, it was happening. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> I haven't got any records. Yeah. You know, so that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they were good. You know, the gigs were good. But it's so funny that also that scene is like once again, it it one hundred percent comes out of that same hall that you were seeing those first shows at. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, the all sing along football crowd. Yeah. We're all together. Yeah, but, I guess it also come, it really does come back to sort of football chants and sports. A yeah, lot of like, definitely. You know, the Oasis and Roses is big football bands. Really. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it didn't. You know, I, I liked it at the time, but think it never, you know, it never got the hairs on my neck going or anything. Yeah. And I, I decided, I was listening to stuff, and Andy, who's brought us tonight, I was chatting to him, because I knew him vaguely, and he was saying, oh, you, you know, you want to check out this and check out that. So I started listening to stuff again, mm -hmm. and the first thing that I heard and really liked uh, was Paint It Black. Oh, yeah. New, new Lexicon, that album. Yeah. You know. Uh, what is it past tense future perfect i heard that and i thought fucking hell this is great you know so that took me on i don't That's know awesome. that, that spurred me on no, I, I actually did the same with them as i did with you really I, I emailed andy yeah and i told him uh that i'd seen them uh they played in manchester at the star and garter and i didn't know anyone in the punk scene then I, all right i'm a 50 year old guy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go. I thought, they've come all the way from America, I can at least go down. And I go down on my own, fuck it, I'm not bothered. I love yeah. that song and I, the album's good. And I fucking really loved it. You know, and I spoke to Andy and everything, and he was so cool and dead friendly. And you know, he introduced me to Dan and all this, and he was fucking, and I just thought, what, top people? Yeah. And but everybody I've friends. met since, I love that guy. in that scene, has been the same. Yeah. No, there's no wankers. There probably is, but I've not met him yet. 
Oh, there are definitely tons of wankers. You just lucked out. There's tons. Yeah, I'm a Andy wanker. Andy, you know, even in Painted Black, you could have met a wanker. No, I'm just kidding. But Andy is one of my, Andy is one of my favorite people. I was yeah, just seeing him last weekend. The thing was, I sent, I sent him stuff. I, I might have sent him early demo, uh, an early demo that Epic Problem did, and it was really supporting. Yeah. You know, and that fuck, that's great because I thought these are fucking big. You know, Kid Dynamite and Dan Yemi. You know, because I'd done a bit of research, got got me shit back together. Yeah. then. and was listening to stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So they were the band that got you back in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they're playing um, the first show in seven years over here in April. Playing Manchester Punk Festival. Oh, really? Yeah, they're coming over, and I think they're just doing one gig. Yeah, I think because I don't think they have a tour planned or no. anything. Wow, that's amazing. So that must have been seven years ago when I went to it, which is about right. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever played with bands and you've, you've seen them do Blitz covers? Have you ever had that yeah. experience yet? <laughs> What's yeah. That? What's that feel like? <laughs> A bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> we, no, it, it was semi-authentic because we played with Red Alert. Okay. Of course, Steve sang for Nidge yeah. when Nidge toured America. Yeah. So Steve knew all the songs. Uh, they did three Blitz songs. And they were another band on the same night, a German band, and they did Razors as well for the encore. <laughs> <laughs> None of them fucking asked me up. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of them said that. Uh, no, we got this, Mackie, it's okay. It's Mackie out there, come on, man. <laughs> no, no, we got this. We're just going to play your fucking yeah. songs <laughs> and watch everybody go mad. In Japan, for certain Japanese bands, that's an insult when they play your song. Because they're telling you that they can play it better than you. So you should have walked up and just grabbed the bass out of their hands and started playing. You're like, no, this is how you do it. Yeah. That, that is one place we would like to get to, Japan. That would be, yeah. It's, yeah. oh, for, for my predilection for records and sushi, it is like a vacuum cleaner destroying every penny <laughs> I have saved. <laughs> like, what, it, what is it, are the gigs, what are they like though? Are they, are they? We Polite. Have, well, no, we've we've actually only played three <laughs> times there. Our drummer Jonah plays guitar in this band, Career Suicide, and like I'm not jealous. Oh, right, in Career Suicide. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not jealous of much. I'm insanely jealous of the fact that Career Suicide has managed to become a Japanese hardcore band. They're, they're totally accepted by the Japanese right. hardcore scene. So what? Who's this? Sorry, in your band, our drummer. Does he play drums for them? No, he plays guitar in Career Suicide. Right. So they've now when they tour Japan, <clears throat> yeah. they tour with all the Japanese bands I love, and they play all these oh, shows. We, we went over. We played one show by ourselves. We played Fuji Rock another time, and then we played uh, one time with Dinosaur Junior. Right. And they were both they were they were all amazing. Fuji Rock was crazy. It was like people like tearing at you and all that kind of stuff. But when we played the one with Dinosaur Junior, every time like you you stop, everyone just stands still to hear what you're gonna say. And then we ended the set, and I jumped in the crowd, and I'm trying to walk out, and it was just like everyone's just super quiet, like. And it was that was the only eerie part of the. I think kind of appreciative. Oh, very appreciative, and and also like, people know their the bands that they like. They know that band yeah, backwards they and know forwards. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so anytime you engage with someone with a conversation about music, it's incredible. Like the the amount of stuff that they can tell you about it, and yeah. also, I love Japanese punk. So going there is always a. Uh, I've I've got friends. The drummer in our band, Simon. He he's been over with a band called uh, Vox Dolomites. Okay. They, they went over because I think they know someone mm -hmm. you know so that mm -hmm. that's like a foot in the door they, they get over there 
but he was saying how great it was and he sent some pictures of a guy with never surrendered tattooed around his neck <laughs> here and all this and he said what do you think of this one Mackie you know and I said fucking get me over there <laughs> yes I'll play a full blitz set <laughs> on my own <laughs> uh, actually we went to a I went to a bar there one time and it had all robots playing the music so you can just go up there and have a bunch of robots with you <laughs> <laughs> Like Westworld yeah, meets Blitz. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, it's like a big culture shock and everything. I don't I like. Or is it, it pretty westernized? Well, it's 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 almost like more of what westernization is than the West could ever imagine. Yeah. you know, like it's yeah. just like hyper urbanization. Yeah. Um, and my experiences are very limited to Tokyo and Osaka, and but in both those places, and they're very different cities, but in Tokyo especially, it's just like every time you're walking down the street. You're like, I wonder what's on the fifth floor of that building. Yeah. Because, like, everywhere there's, like, cool stores on random floors of buildings, neat things to see. And it's, yeah, just... Fucking... Oh. Yeah. It's like, it's a... It's everything you can... And also, I'm, I'm a, as we've talked on the way over here, big fan of wrestling. Yeah. Japanese pro wrestling is yeah. something else. <laughs> something yeah. else. And actually, there's a huge connection now... Uh, with uh, World of Sport, British wrestling, a lot of uh, British wrestlers go over there, and and vice versa, and wrestlers right. from Ireland will go over there. Like yeah. some of the biggest names in the last few years in Japan. Are and they're playing big arenas. I would imagine. Yeah, the, big uh, shows. Like uh, New Japan will run the Tokyo Dome or Sumo Hall, wow. and yeah, thousands of people Shit. there and stuff. So <laughs> I tell you, maybe if you don't get over there playing music, maybe wrestling. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I've got a few moves. <laughs> so you're going to show who's going to die tonight when you get over there. Oh, oh, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want us to go back so the rest of the band can hang out and so you can meet Jonah because he is very excited to meet you. Yeah, yeah. I want you to meet the other guys as well, Jake, Jake and Murray and that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll hang out. But um, before I go, there's a story I've always wanted to ask. My friend in Toronto got a copy of All at Attack and it had a letter in it on Blitz I've Letterhead. Seen that, yeah. 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 And it was did like. Did you put it on Facebook or something? Maybe, or maybe Jonah did because yeah, Jonah now did, owns yeah. that record and yeah. stuff like that. What was it? What did it say in it? It was a, someone had sent. There was an ad looking for members yeah. for Blitz. Yeah. And this person had written in and received back a copy of the seven inch because the demo had been recorded and coming as a seven inch by this point, and the letters on Blitz stationery. Wow. It's so awesome. <laughs> Do you guys sta- had stationery? No, no, I've never seen any. <laughs> <laughs> that is Snide Station. That is bogus. <laughs> But I've seen it, and it did. Now you you refresh my memory. It did look like Nidja's right. Yeah, maybe it was just stamped on the top of yeah. the paper or something. It could have been, yeah. But uh, I've always looked at that letter with lust <laughs> in Jonah's collection because it is so cool. Well, uh, I'll write to you, and I'll send you that rhythm cassette thing. And and boom! You'll have your own fucking cool. Boom! Exactly. Stuff. Actually, my copy of the Blitz Seven Inch, which I got over here one time, is awesome. Because some fan has drawn a fist yeah. on the label, but the fist is dressed up like a skinhead. So the fist has suspenders on. Wow. And has uh, is, <laughs> and has has big big old Doc Martens. A skinhead fist. A skinhead fist on the label. So I, I can't. Did tr- you do it? No. When <laughs> you not say that, someone, what? you think I'm that talented? You think you're sitting across from an artistic genius over here? No way. <laughs> I just I want to see a picture though. I will I will post that on Facebook. Yeah, well, Mackie, I appreciate you taking this time. There's way more I want to talk to you yeah. about, but I just want to keep it nice and short and That's cool, mate. Fun for us today. But Great 
Thank you. Yeah. Oh, a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Thank you yeah. for helping inspire everything I do. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> Thank you, Mackie, for coming on the show. Or Neil, I guess I should say. But uh, I don't know. I'm caught up in the old times, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Mackie, Neil, will be back for a part two. Once again, please check out Epic Problem. They're a fantastic band and in their own right, completely separate from the, an amazing legacy, of course, this guy has as well. Uh, but man, I love that one. I love when you meet someone who, who uh, you know, had that kind of impact and, and just is that humble about it it's it's so uh i don't know humbling in return i used that word humble a lot today uh next week on the show this is a kind of a humble brag next week on the show it's a it's a huge one next week on the show we are going to be playing for you from sound on sound this year the first ever Turned Out a Punk Live, where I'm joined by my friend Chris from Mets. I'm joined by Dave from Culture Abuse. Uh, I'm also uh, joined by my good buddy and now the, the person who's been on the show the most, MVP. And also Dave Ackerman from Tear It Up is my footnote co-host in lieu of Chris O'Toole not being able to make it from Footnotes Podcasts. And it is a, it is a fun, fun fun episode that is next week on the show it's a whole turn out of punk live celebration we'll announce who some of the guests are for the live dates we'll announce some of the other stuff but anyway that is next week until next week uh subscribe to this write a review rate it if you use itunes check out tournament of death bloodlust uh, buy your tickets or pick up your tickets for turn out of punk live dates over at damienabraham.com uh, what else What else do I have to ask you to please do for me? Uh, find me on various forms of social media, at Left for Damien. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Check out all the other podcasts. And uh, I will see you next week. Remember, this is easy shit to do. So anyone can do this stuff. Go out there and make your own culture. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. <laughs>